In just one week, a whole lot has gone down in the Apple universe. The Apple Watch Series 7 has now been released. The Unleashed event happened. There's new AirPods. There's new MacBook Pros. There's a weird new cheaper Apple music plan, which we'll get into. There is a lot we have to break down on this week's episode of the Apple Circle podcast. Of course, as always, thank you guys so much for listening or watching. Uh, we really appreciate it. And of course, we want to hear from you. If you guys have a question, a comment, some feedback you want to give us, you can uh, text or call the Apple Circle hotline. That number is 949 354 we love to hear from you guys, hear what you guys have to say about uh, what is going on in the world of Apple. We do have some comments we'll get to in a bit uh, regarding the new Mac stuff. Uh, as always, I am joined by uh, Matt Gonzalez here to break down everything going on. Matt, what a week it has been. We were preparing for this event. This kind of threw us off guard, um, kind of came out of nowhere last week. And now the Unleashed event has come and gone. And uh, I feel like my head's still spinning from everything that happened. <laughs> I know there was a ton. I mean, it was basically what we expected, but it's like, you know, when there's there, every time we get all these rumors and all these things, always in the back of my head, at least I'm always like, yeah, but it's probably not going to get like, they're going to leave something out. They're going to do something yeah. that we didn't expect, but pretty much everything we we're hoping for, they actually did. And that is something you can't say that often, especially for a company like Apple. They usually go their own way, but they seem to have really listened. So I think before we get into Unleashed, because there's a lot to talk about there, maybe we can give some quick thoughts on Series 7, because this time last week we were discussing it, kind of talking about what we ordered, and now we have them. Let me hear your thoughts first, because you came from a Series 4, so you made quite the leap up to the 7. How are you liking it so far? Is it worth it? Yeah, so I got the green uh, aluminum with the, I don't know what you would call this band, but it's the leather band with the magnets. I forgot. I know it has a name, but I can't remember what it's called. Um, I love it, but I think I like it more because of the band, <laughs> which the I can really buy great. for any Apple watch. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did immediately when I put the watch on for the first time, I immediately noticed the screen difference. Um, but after about 20 minutes, that screen difference went away. If you don't hold them next to each other, it's very hard to see a difference. Um, and I don't find myself doing more on the watch than I would have before because of that screen uh, difference. Yep. Um, yeah, so not much different here. The thing that I like, which I kind of mentioned a few episodes back, is like usually for a tech product like this that I would upgrade to, the reason would be because I could do something different on it. But after, what is it, Series 4, Series 5, Series 6, and now Series 7, just as someone who loves tech, that's why I went ahead and bought one because... It's just a fun to experience a new thing. And the screen is bigger, so it's like there's some changes. But I'm not really using the Apple Watch any differently. See, I feel like that's the big thing with the Series 7. And what I've noticed as well is that the screen is bigger, but I don't feel like I'm able to utilize that space more. Like when the screen size went up 2 millimeters, I know we talked about this before, but that was such a big leap because there was so much more that watch faces could do and more could show. It's nice to have like text slightly larger, a little bit more legible. It's a little easier to navigate around, but I have not drastically noticed uh, a difference in my usage or the looks. It's sort of just nice to have, I guess, the guts and the internals, but I really haven't noticed much in terms of functionality or usability. I guess this is what you'd expect. If you had an older Apple Watch, obviously it's nice to have this upgrade, but... Um, I wouldn't be running out and upgrading from anything uh, before four. I mean, I had a five. I mean, I guess it's kind of nice to have the newer processor and stuff. But if you have a Series 6, I see no reason whatsoever to upgrade to the Series 7. I would really wait. 
uh, for me, that bigger screen really was not as noticeable as I hoped it would be. So um, can't say I'm disappointed because that's just kind of the name of the game here. We kind of knew what to expect. So I guess that's our is that our it for our series seven thoughts? I mean, not a whole yeah. lot to say. I will say something. I feel like you would uh, you would really hate using my watch because I set my text size to the smallest possible. Ah. So let's see if this works. So it's not going to work for the video version. But basically, <laughs> I wanted to show you how small my text size is, but the no notifications when I bring it down uh, is like tiny in the center of the screen. But I love it. I love Because I can actually read an entire message without doing any scrolling. I just it's have, nice. I have the default and that seems to work. I mean, I love like... I have my kind of watch face of choice gives me all the like critical info I need. So I have battery percentage. I have the date and time. I have the weather forecast. I got my activity rings, messages, and then workout. Like that's it. That's all I need. And if you, I, we kind of talked about this before too. I'll be brief. If you dial in your usage as to what you want the Apple Watch to be and how it works for you, once you kind of understand how it works, you're going to really love it because it really starts to fit into kind of your lifestyle. But it does take some getting used to with experimenting with watch faces and kind of trying to figure out what works. Uh, but once you sort of get it dialed in, you will uh, you'll really love it. So uh, yeah. Series Seven. I mean, that's about expect. it. Yeah, exactly. I'll, I I still have a stainless steel on order, which I think I'm really going to love. Um, but I'll update you when that actually comes in because I have no idea when that's going to be. It's sometime in November. Yeah, yeah, I will say the green is – I got the green as well, and I, I have the same band that you have, but I switched it out when I do the sleep tracking, just something that's a little bit tighter on my wrist. I have, like, the Nike Sport Band or whatever. The green, just so you guys know, is very, very subtle. So that's either a good thing yeah. or a bad thing. If you're a fan of, like, that green popping, uh, it's not going to pop off your wrist. It's very subtle. It's a lot darker than it looks on the Apple website. But if you're into something a little bit more subtle and something that looks kind of like a mix between dark green and, like, kind of, uh, what, space gray, that's kind of what it yeah, is. I, I like the look. Just uh, unless you hold it in the right light, you will not notice it's green. So for better or worse, yeah. that's what it is. Uh, okay, yeah, so, but forget the Apple Watch. We got better yeah, stuff to talk about. Let, let's get into Unleashed. Let's. There's a lot to break down here. Let's go in order because there were some surprise announcements that no one saw coming. They were interesting and kind of not very minor. Uh, let's talk about. I guess the first thing is uh, was a new. What, what was first, the Apple Music Plan or the HomePod Mini Colors thing? Which one should we talk about first? Uh, They're both very brief. Well. Apple or HomePod mini now comes in colors. We have a coral. I don't know what they actually call it. I think it's orange, actually. Orange, yellow, and blue, along with the space space gray. I Man, I, they have they change their colors so often, I can't get the names right. Gray and white. Let's put it that way. So there's new colors now, but in terms of functionality, there's nothing different. Still $99, which uh, I have two HomePod minis, and I love them. They work great. Um, so if you're in the market for one, now you have some more colors so it could fit with your, you know, decor. Um, so that that's that out of the way. This Apple Music Siri only plan is probably one of the well, on one hand, it's very confusing, just kind of the way they talked about it. But when you kind of think about it, I think there are some reasons why this I, I'm I'm not gonna buy it, but why it could make sense. So what is this new plan? I, I get it now. I think I understand. So this is a five dollar per month plan that gives you access to the entire Apple Music catalog, but it's only controlled by voice. So you have to tell Siri what you want to play, and it will play it. And that sounded to me 
baffling because I'm like, why wouldn't you want the interface? Why wouldn't you want control? This seemed like that iPod shuffle that had no buttons that you could only like control, yeah. I guess, just with shuffle. It seemed weird, but now I understand. I think the goal of this is for those who have smart speakers and want to get into Apple Music but uh, didn't want to pay the $10 a month. If you don't have Apple devices or you're really not a fan of Apple Music uh, in terms of like using it on a computer or a tablet, or if you only do your listening primarily through smart speakers and voice control, that's where this makes sense. That, I guess, is my understanding of it in uh, the effect that you would use Siri or I guess really your personal, well, I guess, okay, now I'm confused. I'm assuming this would work on like an Amazon smart device or a Google smart device because Apple Music is everywhere. The idea is that you could use this uh, in voice-only mode, right? I'm assuming well, that this is really made for those with smart speakers. Well, I say yes, it's for smart speakers, but they said it's a Siri thing. So, so I, I don't think you'd be able HomePod? to. Although, yeah, HomePod and also what they announced uh, at WWDC is that now third-party speakers will be able to integrate Siri, much like how Google Home and Amazon Alexa have done the same thing. So I think, uh, I'm trying to think of who it was, but I saw someone, some company a little while ago, a few weeks ago, uh, announced that they were going to be releasing a speaker with Siri built in. So I, I can only imagine we're going to see more and more of those. And that's where this really makes a lot of sense. And the way that I, I kind of look at it, the, they phrased it interestingly at the event because it made it sound like you're going to use this just with your voice, like on your iPhone and on your iPad, mm -hmm. which yep. sure is probably going to be possible. I don't even know what that interface would look like when like you open Apple music. Does it just like prompt a Siri thing? <laughs> like you can just play. I don't know how that works. Um, but the way I think about it is like, say you have an Amazon Alexa or even a Google home for that matter. I guess they call it nest now, but you know what I mean? Uh, I would never buy Amazon Prime just for music. I would never buy mm -hmm. Google Music or YouTube Music. Well, personally, at least I know some people do, but I would never buy those plans because for me, Apple Music is better and Spotify is better. Those are the best options if you want an overall music experience. But my Amazon Alexa is going to just work better with Prime because it's integrated. It's made mm -hmm. by the same company. So I could see myself buying it because of the smart speaker situation. Now, the question is though, is it worth it for the HomePod? Like, is anyone actually going to yeah. do that? Because I mean, if you bought the HomePod, you're probably already an Apple music yeah. subscriber. And if you're not, then like you're sorely disappointed when you take that thing out of the box and you have to airplay everything that you want to listen to. <laughs> There's definitely a convenience play here. Like, especially if you want to gift someone a HomePod mini, like that's a very popular holiday gift. It's like a hundred bucks. You can even find better sales on them. Uh, it would make sense just to be like, you know what, instead of having to do the whole song and dance of airplay or I guess Spotify support is there, but you have to kind of jump through hoops. You have to airplay let's it. Just, I don't know if let's it's actually, just, yeah let's just gift someone Apple music. And I think that at this price, it makes a whole lot more sense for five bucks a month. And again, I think that's the other component here is there's a price thing. Uh, Apple music is kind of expensive at 10 bucks a month. Five bucks makes it a lot more affordable for many people. And especially if you're just using it primarily through like a HomePod or HomePod mini, then this does make sense. Very weird and out of left field, but uh, it's there, I guess. This is just reminds yeah. me of one of uh, the Apple products that no one really asked for that they're making, like Apple Card. You now have um, the cleaning cloth. You've got this weird <laughs> Siri-only plan. I'm sure people are going to love it, but for, to me, it just doesn't really make a whole well, lot of sense. But it's I there. did, 
I remember you said, um, maybe you can remember it, but you said that you saw some article from somewhere that Apple's really trying to push to compete against Google and Amazon with these smart devices. Yes. Um, so there was, if that's there the was, case, this is kind of a necessary thing for that. Yeah, there was some article, I forgot who it was from a couple of weeks ago, that they were hiring some like top-level executives to really try to position HomePod to really better compete in sort of the smart speaker, smart home space in the next few years. Obviously, they kind of have been off to a bit of a bumpy start with HomePod. HomePod Mini has kind of been a lot better because the price has been lower. Yeah. Um, but we'll see kind of in the next few years if Apple really wants to make this push. I think yeah. one of the ways in which they want to do that and one of the ways they can be successful is by offering a lower price tier for music. Five bucks is a lot more compelling than 10. Yeah. And just for Apple uh, to steal this idea, which I'm sure they've thought of, uh, if you want the HomePod to really take off, you have to do exactly what Google and Amazon did. You basically have to give them away for like exactly. no money. So you buy an iPhone, you get a HomePod. You buy a Mac, you get a HomePod. Uh, even if it's like fifteen dollars, like so you make a little, like you you pay for the uh, the hardware itself, and then you kind of break even. That's how it took off. I mean, you, we all remember those holiday seasons where you'd walk into Best Buy or Target or literally any store that sells some sort of electronic, and you you could buy anything, and you'd get like a free HomePod or a free Echo or a free Google yeah. Home with it. That's I'm convinced that's the only reason they took off because no one was really buying them. They just got them for free, and they started using them. I mean, even now on Black Friday or Amazon Prime Day, they're still like basically throwing Echo devices at you because they're so cheap. I mean, like they're not only significantly discounted, but in a lot of ways they're bundled with purchases they're already making. I, I almost wish that Apple would have, you know, one of the ways they could have done this and not lost a ton of money is done this as a back to school promo. I know they did yeah. AirPods and obviously it's very successful with AirPods and college students and high school students, but if they had bundled in a HomePod mini, either as a different choice or for free, that might have been a nice way to push some units and get some more active users actually using it because I think a lot of people, when they see the price, 100 bucks, it's a little steep. But if they were significantly discounted, like you said, I mean, 49 bucks, I'd even be more compelled to get one. Um, or again, just kind of bundle it in with an iPhone or a Mac. Um, but kind of as it stands kind of at its full price, it's a little bit uh, limiting, especially that was the case with the original HomePod, as we all know. Oh, definitely, uh, Like 350 yeah. or whatever it was, 400 bucks, it was expensive. Yeah, and I love that first HomePod, but there was no reason for anyone to buy it, especially when everything else on the market was as good. Like, I think the, the sound quality of the original HomePod was better than most of the competition, but it's like, who really cares about that? I care about that kind of stuff. That's why I have one. But my mom doesn't care you know they just wanted to be loud enough to hear like while you're cooking or whatever i i'm waiting to see the black friday deals on them because i'd love to pick up two just to use yep. as a stereo pair of my apple tv that's like on my bucket list but i don't want to spend 200 bucks for it even though if you think about it 200 dollars for two homebod minis that are very versatile and also work bad, well man. versus like a sound bar it's comparable but if i can get them for like you know two of them for like 150 bucks or whatever that would make it a lot more compelling. that'd be great yeah um, let's talk about the other announcement here in audio, and that was AirPods 3. Run us through, Matt. What's new here with these new wireless earbuds? So these were rumored for a long time. We had seen leaks. We had seen full-on China fakes that <laughs> were basically yeah. exactly what we got. So think AirPods Pro, but with a slightly 
it's like a merge of the original AirPods and AirPods Pro. So the stem is shorter, um, but there's no silicon tips like we have on the AirPods Pro. That's kind of the way to think of the design. The case is now elongated. It's not just that little pill shape like it used to be. It's much more like the AirPods Pro. Uh, no real surprises here. It has uh, the squeeze functionality of the AirPods Pro, which before you would have to tap. It has new drivers inside, so theoretically better sound, and it has spatial audio. That was really the only question we were wondering, would it have spatial audio support? And it, it does. But other than that, the AirPods, 179. Uh, so yeah, if you need AirPods, if your battery on your original AirPods is dying, which it probably is if you're using original AirPods, seems like a great update. I mean, this is a no-brainer. I mean, if like you said, if you have older AirPods, now's the time to upgrade, newer design, better battery life. Uh, and then spatial audio, this makes a lot of sense as Apple continues to push this in more and more of their uh, apps and services, and even third parties too. It's a really cool experience. Uh, it would make sense to sort of bring this down the line. So now really, the only difference between AirPods Pro and AirPods 3 is the silicone tips, which some love or hate, and also uh, active noise cancellation and transparency, which I do think is a very fair difference and also very worthwhile i love airpods pro i love the active noise cancellation but if you're not a fan of that and you just want sort of nice airpods and you want spatial audio then no brainer airpods 3 not a lot to say um i saw an article this morning or some comment that oh wow you know apple is impressive they're keeping up with demand for airpods 3 because i think the shipping times haven't slipped much if at all I don't know. I haven't checked hmm. recently, but I think that things have been good. But remember that these have been rumored to be in production or were in production That's for true. many, many yeah. months. So they seemingly yeah. have a stockpile of these, so they should be good to go. So you should have no issue getting AirPods 3. And if you have AirPods Pro, probably don't need to make the move, even though it's crazy nah. that it's been almost exactly two years since AirPods Pro came out, which is crazy. Dang, that's um, crazy. I saw that they uh, they extended the fix program, or what do they call it, the uh, repair program for the AirPods mm -hmm. Pro. I think I'm going to have to send mine in. Because I talked about a few weeks ago, I got that crackling issue when like I have a heart impact like when I'm running up the stairs or something. And the newest in. thing, which is, which is very much a software, I'm pretty sure, but the newest thing is every time I put them in, they go, they default into the just off state so not transparency mm. not uh noise cancellation and i really don't like that it makes it feel like i've plugged That's ears weird. and then i try to huh. fix it and then sometimes one stays and the other goes it's it's a software thing most likely because they did update the software recently too but yeah i'm ready to send mine in the, the i've actually had a ton of issues with my airpods pro but they're good enough and they're so good that i still use them even though they're they're not as perfect as the original airpods were AirPods Pro are great, and if the rumors are correct, then probably sometime in 2022, hopefully early 2022, I guess we don't know, uh, we should get new AirPods Pro with new health sensors, which will be really nice to see. But man, crazy that it's been two years. But still, I mean, that 29 tech, 2019 technology, even in 2021, is still fantastic, and yep. I love, excellent. love AirPods Pro. Uh, great way to go. Okay, so we talked HomePod, we talked AirPods Pro, we talked about Apple Music, all that stuff. Now let's get into the star of the show, and that was these new MacBook Pros and the new Apple Silicon chips. And before we get into it quickly here, some quick context, uh, there were a lot of really interesting last-minute rumors that surfaced over the weekend that yep. were very controversial. The biggest was that there was going to be a notch on the MacBook Pro, that there were like these last-minute leaks, and then it was confirmed from schematics that had leaked months ago that were in that stolen data breach that there was going to be a notch on the MacBook Pro. 
Did you believe the rumors, Matt, when you heard them? And uh, what did you sort of think of those last-minute changes? No M1X, Apple's going to do two names. It was a really wild weekend if you're keeping tabs on all of this MacBook Pro stuff. Yeah, I mean, when I saw the rumors at first, I was like, uh uh-huh, yeah, of course they're going to have a notch. But then when I saw that there was one leak of, like, the lid with the actual notch cut out it was like an actual hardware leak i was like all right it's it's real um and the notch is controversial obviously i don't think at all it's a big deal i don't think anyone's gonna care or notice once you actually use it and you know i've seen a bunch of people say like why didn't they just extend the bezel so that it's the same width as the um Mm -hmm. as the notch and i see that argument of course so that there isn't a notch but that would actually lose what is that maybe two three millimeters of of uh screen real estate Um, because then you would have to have the bigger bezel to make the notch gone basically so it'd be that length and then you have to have the menu bar beneath that so the idea here is that the menu bar is now pushed up instead of it being in your screen so everything below the notch is completely usable whereas before or currently with the max we have now the menu bar sits there and uh, you can use everything below that. So you're already losing that screen real estate. I get it. It just looks kind of funny. Like I don't, I don't have any issue with it whatsoever. It just looks weird to have a notch on a laptop. I have issues with it, but I'll, I guess I'll reserve those for a moment. I guess first, um, so the event happened. We'll get into the chips in a second. But first, let's talk about the design of this laptop on the outside. Surprisingly, there were a lot of rumors that Apple was going to lean more into industrial and boxy and squirt off corners this is almost like a really nice throwback to like the older MacBook Pros, like the Santa Rosa MacBook Pros. You've got obviously the ports here. I had something about that silver color and the way that the edges curve really reminds me of like the older unibody MacBook Pros almost, or even like the previous generations before that. Looks great, right? I I think it looks really cool. Um, You know, part of me is wondering, is there a different texture on this or is their rendering just getting better? Because obviously all the the videos and stuff is not the actual laptop. Those are all renders. And when you really when they get those really close up shots, it looks really textured as as, at least in comparison to my MacBook Pro that I have now. And I'm wondering, like, is that just their computers getting better or is this actually going to be a little bit more textured? Rendered on M1 Max. <laughs> exactly. So, so you can you can see every pore, every fine detail of the anodized aluminum. But yeah, I think it looks great. The black keyboard, uh, obviously the ports, all that stuff. It really, I think from a design standpoint, they really had hit it out of the park. It's just mm-hmm. that notch that everyone is really complaining about. Yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about the notch. I think that if they did really go all in and the notch was there for the true depth system for te- uh, Face ID, that would have appeased many people. I understand the idea of branding and wanting to create a look and a unique design language for Apple products. It really makes it stands out, um, and that makes sense. I don't know. I guess, I guess honestly, for me, I always have my MacBook Pro closed. I never even look at the screen, so it's <laughs> not a huge deal. I understand the frustration, but I will say, for as weird as the notch is, and take it or leave it, you know, there's pros and cons to it. What you do get underneath that is a really nice display. You now have a mini LED ProMotion display. So I guess the theme here, as we'll get into this more, is Apple sort of fixed all the problems and also just sort of raised the bar even more, kind of checking off every box. So again, I guess to recap, 
two models here, 14 inch and 16 inch. Uh, both can be configured the same way, which we'll get into specs in a minute, but um, really nice design. The ports are back and then mini LED ProMotion display. So variable refresh rate and uh, super high quality. I mean, I don't have any complaints about the design. I mean, they basically added everything to these laptops that I could have asked for. The rumors were exactly. all true. Besides the notch, which is like the only like little controversial thing here, I don't find anything else to complain about. Everything here is basically perfect. Yeah, no, this is, I mean, it's about as good as it can get. Apple, I feel like just they just have to throw something in there that like can get a little controversial. But I really think at the end of the day, the notch is not going to be uh, a big deal at all. Actually, we'll just mention here, um, someone uh, mentioned in our hotline, which you should uh, text or call, uh, they had a whole bunch of... Uh, replies to this event and stuff but one that kind of goes along with the, the notch and it's kind of i guess interesting to to discuss whether or not we think people will care about this or not is he said huge huge miss with the notch uh so sad the processor and port situation got better but then it has that huge notch basically yeah. that's that's a basic idea here um i don't think it's going to matter at all to the sales or anything like that because everything else is so much better i mean if you're just on Twitter during this announcement, it was pretty much a consensus. Literally every person is buying one who's like a creator or <laughs> who is in the field of pro. Let's put let's put that in quotations. But like someone who does work with their laptop, almost every single person that you can think of bought one of these laptops. And that's just because it, it fixed all the issues everyone was complaining about. The Twitter vortex is such a fascinating uh, <laughs> and weird place to be because I almost wish that I wasn't in that sphere and I never was on Twitter and I just could look at things and hear other objective opinions. But man, if you are in the tech space and you follow like tech creators and sort of you're in that community, it is a very interesting place to be because everybody is always jumping on bandwagons. They're always buying a lot of oh, stuff. Yeah. I mean, it is a very easy way to get sucked down the rabbit hole and spend a lot of money. So, but like you said, yeah, everybody's buying them. Everybody's maxing them out to the gills. Um, but if you are a creator and you are a MacBook Pro customer and you have been waiting, then this does fix a lot of the issues. And I do think that despite the notches not so great appearance, it's probably going to make its way to other Apple portables. At least that's what we're hearing is that maybe that's, the new MacBook yeah, Air will have it. And also it does make it easier uh, for the next iteration to add Face ID. The notch is already there. That's they true. just pop in that true depth system and you're good to go. Face ID and now uh, all your problems well, have been solved. And you know what? I think a reason why that might be the case, or at least it's possible, is because the notch is huge. Like the only thing yeah. in there is the, well, I guess there might be the like, um, I'm forgetting all my uh, Apple monikers now. The hmm. True Tone display sensors, the ambient right, light sensors. Right. I'm sure those are all in the notch as well. But, I mean, there's plenty of space there to add a True Depth sensor and add Face ID. So I can easily see that happening in the future, especially once they miniaturize all the components, which apparently they're doing again for the next generation of the iPhone. Once those are even smaller, maybe it'll finally be able to fit into that lid of the laptop, which is kind of the, the argument against Face ID right now is that the laptop lid is just too thin for it. Um, although they did add mini LED, and I believe the lid is now thicker because of that. So maybe they'll be able to have, have space for that. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. It would be cool if Face ID was there, but I don't think it's a big deal. Also, one interesting thing, though, is that when you go into full screen mode on, on these Macs, it actually doesn't go all the way beyond the notch. So mm -hmm. it, it stops at the notch, and the notch is black after that. So 
it very much seems like this was a way to incorporate the camera in the normal place that we're used to without having to and and still have those thin bezels all around because i think it was marquez who said this um and pointed it out but like if we look at some of the xiaomi or maybe it was wall no it's actually the Huawei notebooks the mate Matebook X or whatever it's called. They had it in the little key in the keyboard, so it popped up the yeah. camera because they had super thin bezels. Um, there's Dell laptops. I know, like XPS, for instance, has, or at least some of the Dell laptops. I'm not exactly sure which model, but they have it in the bottom mm-hmm. of the bezel, which works, but it's also an interesting location because you're, like, really looking down. Um, and then, like, there's an Asus ZenBook that, like, has a, a reverse notch that goes up instead, which <laughs> looks way more weird than having a notch in the screen. So it's like... The solution of have the 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 thin bezels that a lot of people are really clamoring for. Well, the camera's got to go somewhere, uh, and if they're going to make this design choice, hopefully in the future we can really benefit from that by having Face ID. And according to Twitter, and according I guess to a alleged Apple employee, the one of the questions was when you take your cursor across the screen, does it go through the notch or does it go under the notch? And according to the Apple employee, it goes under the notch. So the notch is not usable screen real estate. Everything is just sort that's of good. working around it. So that's that'll answer yeah. that question if you had it. Well, and then the other thing, which we'll know on Tuesday, because that's when these are shipping. Um, but the other question is, can you do a full blackout of the menu bar? So it like mm-hmm. looks like it's one bar at the top. I'm going to say no, because they didn't show that one time. Um, But because this is, let's talk about the display a little bit more. This is a mini LED display. And if you've used the iPad Pro 12.9 with the mini LED display, or if you've used the Pro Display XDR, which if you have one, eternally jealous, I want one so bad. Um, But when you get to those black sections, they are very black. So I hope that they made the mini, mini LED, like, so there's a bunch of LEDs in the background, right? That's how what mini LED is. I hope they made the line at that notch point so that if you do have it in full screen or if you do have it turned off, like everything above that is like completely black because the mini LEDs are just turned off. Does that make sense? Yeah, I wonder in dark mode if that's kind of how it's like defaulted, like in dark mode, it just kind of blacks it out. Also, I guess sort of the benefit of Mac OS over iPad OS and iOS is that uh, developers have free reign. So I guarantee you, like day two, there's going to be a little utility that you can get for 99 cents that'll just black that out of the top and you're you're good to go. So that'll be cool. Um, Like we said, ports are back. So HDMI, great. SD card slot, Thunderbolt, headphone jack, and then surprisingly... MagSafe is back, and it basically looks like it never left. Well, actually, well, that's okay. So I'm confusing. There were different iterations of MagSafe. What was the last MagSafe iteration? Because there was the square, and then there was for a while that circular sort of cylindrical MagSafe connector. Do you remember Uh, what the the final one was? Because this is basically a throwback to like— Was it circular? I think it was. This is like a throwback to the original. I don't think it was. I think the MacBook— I think the I MacBook Air, which is what you're thinking of. So they had MagSafe, which is, it, I think it was introduced on the uh, Mac, the Santa Rosa MacBook. No, no, no. That one still had a plug. I'm trying to decide which one it was introduced on. All I know is that my 20, 2006 MacBook, the black one with the Core 2 Duo, I know that one had MagSafe. That wasn't one of the best features of it. That was kind of the very squared off one. And then when right. they re- released the unibody MacBooks, then I think they went a little thinner, a little bit more rectangular. And then I remember when they did the MacBook Air, the refresh of the MacBook Air, 
they did a really thin one and people complained about that because it wasn't as secure and it would always detach and it, it just wasn't as good as the original iteration. Yeah, it was an L uh, shape. L. Um, uh, oh, yeah, I'm looking at the picture. Let me see if I can pull this up. Uh, for all those watching the video version, let me pull up a picture if I can find one. Um, I don't remember. I think this was MacBook Pro, but it looked like this. Remember this one that was kind of wedge-shaped? Oh, 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 gotcha, gotcha. Uh, I thought you meant the actual plugs. I was like, I don't think they were ever circular for the actual plugs. But I see what you're saying now, yes, where it has the right angle so that it can go beyond, like, basically you plug it in and instead of it protruding out of your laptop, it goes behind the laptop and kind of gets the cables right. out of the way. Right, right, yeah, I know, okay, I remember that now. I like that version. This is not that though. This is the, this is the directly in the classic. Yes, exactly. Although it is completely redesigned, so it is very thin. It seems like, um, and uh, we mentioned this a few. I can't remember if it was the last episode or the one before that, but when we were kind of speculating about this, uh, it is actually kind of what I hoped it would be, where you get the charging brick, which is also new. It's just more powerful now because it supports fast charging on a MacBook, which. I never really thought I wanted, but now that it's here, it sounds like a really cool feature. Um, so it has the brick. And on the other end, you can plug in a USB-C cable. You can plug in the MagSafe cable. It's detachable with USB-C, exactly what I was hoping they would do. And you could still charge over that USB-C cable or port, which is now Thunderbolt 4. I mean, like I said at the beginning when we were talking about this, they really did everything we were hoping they would do. Like, yeah. typically Apple would be like, well, we have a MagSafe connector, but you have to buy it. It's attached to the the mm -hmm. the um, the box, and then it goes into the wall. If it breaks, you have to pay 120 bucks to get a new one. Yeah. But no, they didn't do it this time. They did exactly what they should have done. You can use both, USB-C or MagSafe. You can replace the cable if it breaks. It's now braided, so hopefully it doesn't break. Like, I mean, they did it all right. I mean, everything is great. Great to see MagSafe back. Design is great. I guess now we got to talk about internals. Everything is great on the outside. And now let's get into the inside. So despite the very persistent rumors about M1X, Apple, yeah. well, we heard this at the, like, the last minute with these leaks, uh, did not decide to go that route. Instead, they gave us two new chips. There's M1 Pro and then M1 Max. So weird naming scheme, which we'll get to in a minute, but... Um, Consensus here is like kind of basically they're very obviously very powerful chips. They're both 10 core CPUs with eight high performance cores, then two efficiency cores. And then kind of some differences here in terms of GPU processing power and then memory um, limitations based off the one you go with. So M1 Pro can go up to 32 gigs of unified memory. M1 Max can go up to 64 gigs of unified memory. Then you can sort of configure the different GPU options and core options. Actually, Apple kind of kept it very basic in the video, but if you go on the Apple website and start configuring, there's actually a lot of different options that you have for the CPUs. Um, obviously... They look very impressive. They look like they're going to uh, absolutely just destroy the higher-end Intel chips. I mean, the M1 was already super yeah. impressive, and the M1 Pro was already set to be 70% faster than the M1, and then yeah, we the got CPU the M1 side. Max. So yep, things exactly. are just sort of crazy there. Um, I, what are your thoughts on these chips and also the names? Well, I don't know how I feel about this. I understand the idea of two... Um, different processors, but M1 Pro and M1 Max, I guess that makes the most sense, but I don't yeah, know. what do you think? I, 
I didn't think about these names even being a possibility until we saw those rumors last minute and then it actually became official. But the more I think about it, it actually makes perfect sense. You have the M1, you have the M1 Pro, the M1 Max. I don't see why, like, I think that's actually better than doing M1X and then, like, what, M1Z? Like, I think that the Pro and the the Max names make the most sense. I, I, I like the names. The only issue is, like, if you're one of those people who wants to brag about what specs you got in your laptop, then you're going to be like, well, I got the 14-inch MacBook Pro with M1 Pro Max. And it's like, it's a really long name, but... No one really says, no one really talks like that. They say I have a MacBook Pro, and then if they, for whatever reason, someone asks, oh, what processor did you go with? And you say, oh, I got the M1 Max. You know, it's not that big of a deal. I think it makes sense. Yeah. Talking about names, though, real quick, I, this is kind of going away from the uh, MacBook Pro a little bit. But so this is the M1 Pro, M1 Max, but we still have a very, very pro computer that needs a chip inside. So what are they going to call that? What do you mean? The MacBook, the Mac Pro. Oh, you lost it. That's assuming, yeah, Mac Pro. No, the Mac Pro, yeah. So we have a Mac Pro that is going to get an upgraded chip. So what is that going to be called? Oh, Shouldn't that be the okay. Max? That went over my head. Okay, now I understand. <laughs> um, I'm assu- Yeah, is it going to be the M1 Pro Max? Or I could see some totally new Pro name. <laughs> because, again, what we said last week, and I think still uh, is true, is that M1, M2, M3, the numbers are more made for the consumer level products. And then the Pro and Max monikers really sort of show you what the higher end chips uh, are and kind of they're more focused on the Pro and machines. That's a great question. I don't know what the Mac Pro is going to have. Maybe it's the, I mean, mega. It, it would make sense. It would make sense. Yeah, the M1 Mega or the M1 Pro Max, sort of the best of both worlds, or they do something <laughs> totally new like M1. I don't even know what they could do. I mean, we know. The I, Mac, I mean, the I could Mac also Pro's see it be being a. Com- yeah, it could also just be a different name altogether. Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I have no ideas. <laughs> the only or thing I think just, is like Mega. Or it's just some kind of special variation. Like it's a high end M1 Max that maybe is has a higher CPU count, uh, <sighs> higher GPU option. I don't or think it's like so, a, though. A, it's dual. They like the base configuration is dual M1 Maxes. I'm, I'm not sure. This is, again, this will probably launch at the end of 2022. So by then, we could see for sure some new Apple Silicon chip because then we're kind of going to be even more in the transition. Yeah, we could even see an M2 by then. I, I wouldn't be surprised by that at all, especially oh, with yeah. this new rumored MacBook Air, which is supposed to have an M2 chip. Um, I mean, yeah, we could easily, they could totally ditch these names to begin with. Like once they get to the M2, maybe they come up with a new naming scheme, which is then unified across the line. Like who knows? They could do that. Um, but yeah, like just as the actual chips that we have now, the Pro and the Max, I mean the Pro, so if you've ever used an M1 Mac, you already know these are excellent chips. They're really fast, but there's always a few questions that we had, especially as people who make videos for a living was the graphics. What are they going to do about that? And um, just having a little bit more speed for those intensive tasks that we do. But the M1 already performed extremely well. It has extremely good battery management. All that stuff is excellent. And like you said, the M1 Pro is supposed to be 70% faster for CPU performance than the M1, which is kind of crazy to think about because it's already lightning fast on the M1. But even more than that, the graphics is 100% faster, two Mm -hmm. times as fast on the M1 Pro. That's not even talking about the Max. Uh, And then the Max has two times the bandwidth of the Pro when it comes to like processing ability. So, I mean, that sounds insane to me. I mean, 
Like it, it's it, the, add that with the optimization of Mac OS and all the vertical integration. I mean, this should be the best computer ever, right? This is the first time that I can think of in modern Apple history, I guess in really modern CPU history, that I really need to sit down and like take a little class on who each processor is for because all the little differences are kind of over my head. And I'm really curious to see once these reviews come out and once Geekben uh, Geekbench tests and more kind of uh, benchmarks come out is what the real differences are because M1 Pro sounds amazing. And then M1 Max takes it up a notch. It's like, how do you know if you should go Pro or Max? That's a really good question that we really kind of don't know right now because exactly. we don't know performance. So I think it's really going to depend on your workflow. But I am so curious to see how these both perform. They're both going to be amazing. And I really want to know for myself, what's the real difference between the M1 Pro and M1 Max? And do you really notice that difference sort of day to day? Yeah, so I ended up ordering one just to test out um, and hopefully keep, but we'll see. So I ordered the base 10-core 14-inch uh, MacBook Pro with the M1 Pro. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, you're right. This gets confusing. <laughs> um, yeah, so I ordered the base 10-core model because they do actually have a lower version of the M1 Pro, which is only eight cores, and mm -hmm. seems like that's more of a yield thing, like ones that have issues they just throw into the base model uh so i ordered the base of the 10 core m pro m1 pro um and the question the reason i did that is because i have used many many m1 Macs. i like i mentioned i have the m1 imac um that i could do everything i do for work for everything i do i could do on that computer with really no issues whatsoever so i wanted to see do I really need to spend another $2,000 to get a fully maxed out, you know, 64 gigabytes of RAM, uh, you know, M1 Max with eight terabytes of storage? Like, do I really need to do that? I don't I, think I, I do. So I, I wanted to try it out. I did see some people posting that. And I just thought that was a little funny. Like, I saw some people spending like over $6,000 on these like fully maxed out MacBooks. And Look, I get it. If this is like your job and you need all that storage, and you need all the processing power, I more power to you. Do your thing. But I did think it was funny that uh, we know so little about this and people are already going to the hills like I need the $6,000 <laughs> MacBook Pro. I need eight terabytes of storage and like they're going out. So more power to, more power to you. But I, I did think that was funny again in the um, in the oh so uh, interesting uh, Twitter yeah. universe. Yeah, and I will say the reason I don't order more internal hard drive space on these laptops a lot of times is just because of the work we do. We do a lot of video work, and I will say the worst thing you can really do, I mean, even if you're not doing video work, anything you do, I think the worst thing you can do is keep all of your data on your laptop. Yeah. That's just, you're asking for a disaster. Like the hard drive, well, I guess it's an SSD, fails, uh, mm -hmm. it gets stolen, you leave it at the airport. I mean, there's so many ways it could go wrong. So what we do is we work off these little drives and anything that's really important, I upload to the cloud. So it's like, I don't need much more than like a terabyte. Even a terabyte, mm -hmm. I don't really need. Uh, but a terabyte exactly. seems to be the perfect amount. And since Apple charges exorbitant fees for, fees mm -hmm. for their SSD storage, um, I don't want to spend any more on it. I mean, that just that same thing for me. I don't need a bunch of storage. We have these big external drives. And also, kind of catch-22 is you can have four terabytes of blazing fast storage on your MacBook Pro, but if you drop that thing or something breaks, you're toast because anything goes wrong with the computer, besides the screen issue, your data might be gone. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's... 
I mean, I'm glad it's there. I'd rather them have the option and me not have to buy it than not have the option at all. But um, yeah, I, so if you were, I don't think you ordered one, right? So if you were to order one, which one would you get? Or did you order I one? Did, I, I did. I Ooh. did get one. It was, I've been having a lot of issues with this um, i9. I have an i9 MacBook Pro that has I a think lot we have of weird the same issues. Computer. Yeah, it yeah. might be, I might have some eGPU issues, whatever it is. But I will say I've been having issues with that and... I have yet to try an M1, so I was curious. And the trade-in values from Apple this year are actually pretty good. They are highly incentivizing those, even with M1s, to trade in. So you can look mm, on the Apple website for yourself out. and see, see what the trade-in values are. So here's my spec, and kind of here's why I went with what I did. So I did the 14-inch because I have a 16-inch now. I never use it in a laptop mode. It's always closed, and I don't need the extra screen real estate at all, and I don't need to spend the extra you know, bucks for a larger screen. I'll interrupt you real quick. One thing, I don't know if we mentioned this, but the best part for me, at least, is that the 14 and the 16, same specs. The only thing different is the battery life. So, I mean, 14-inch all the way, I'm with you. And there's some people I saw complain, they're like, well, technically, the 14-inch and 16-inch are different. Okay, at the base level, yes, they are. But... The upside here is that you can configure them to be spec for spec the same. Besides battery life and screen real estate, they're the same. So we can, I guess, and there's some like some weird like fast charging stuff too, but that's more in the All the important the stuff is there. Yeah, it's all, all there. So I went with one terabytes of storage because I don't need any more. That's exactly kind of to your point. Um, I went with 32 gigs of unified memory. I don't, it was like an extra 400 bucks to go with 64. And I don't know if I, I didn't think the price was that. Difference. Not yeah, that but, bad, but it, yeah. Usually, when Apple charges for RAM, it's a lot. I, I thought four hundred dollars was a very reasonable price, and yeah. But that—that's still the question, though. Is it actually going to be a noticeable difference, especially for the work that we're doing? That's and so that's exactly why I'm like, you know what? Instead of going with more RAM, I want to get the best GPU because a lot of our work is very CPU and GPU heavy especially with um, Final Cut Pro and plugins and rendering. So I went with the M1 Max, uh, the higher end. So the 32 core with the, uh, well, I guess it's a 32 core and there's a 16 core neural engine, but the 32 core one with the higher end GPU, because I really wanted as much CPU and GPU processing power as possible. And then I'm curious to see how that 32 gigs of memory sort of works. But um, I wanted to see kind of what the, the max would do. I didn't want to, I kind of debated between pro and max, but if you step up to the entry level max, you get sort of double the performance of the, well, not double the performance, but in theory, some parts of the uh, max are double the pro in terms of memory bandwidth and stuff like that. But also once you're sort of at the M1 max, I mean, it's so confusing. Once you're at the M1 (laughs) max level to go to the higher end M1 max is only $200. So in that right. case, I'm like, okay, I think that $200 is better spent going with a higher-end CPU than spending $400 on more unified memory. So in right. honestly, no, I have sense. no idea how the performance is going to be because they're not even out yet. So I'm very curious, but I am um, super curious. After, after not using M1s, after having some issues with this Intel i9, um, I cannot wait to see the performance uh, improvements. And also, uh, I love monitors and external monitors. So if you want three monitor support, you have to go with M1 Max. So that's, that's another true. reason why I well, did that. So is it we'll three see. monitor support? Because they said it's three Pro Display XDRs. But I think you can yeah, still run three monitors off of it. I don't know the technical... That's a great question. The technical limitations, um, I guess we'll find out. But um, I guess more... I don't even know. Either what, way, what the you have more. Be. You Either have way. more. Yeah. More ability. 
in case for whatever so, reason you ball out and decide to buy three Pro Display XDRs and a 4K yeah, TV will, so you can plug them all in. That <laughs> that will uh, that will not be happening. But uh, it's I guess it's nice to have that headroom. But I'm excited to see, especially since you got the Pro. I really want to see if we can even notice any tangible differences between the M1 Pro and the M1 Max. If I had to guess they're both going to be absolute beasts at just about everything. And I'm really curious to see what could you really do? What can you really notice with that M1 Max? Because in a lot of ways, unless you're doing higher-end video work and higher-end audio work and like really kind of pushing these machines, you probably don't need it. I'd argue even yeah. that if you just do casual YouTube videos, uh, you probably don't need it either. No, I mean, like I said, I mean, we make pretty... I mean, what's the word for it? Pretty intensive YouTube videos. Like we use ProRes gigabytes and gigabytes of uh, footage. We use plugins, like you said. Like we're we're pretty intensive on the editing that we're doing. Uh, and I could do all of it on an M1 MacBook Pro. So it's not. I don't. I don't see why I wouldn't be able to do it even better on this M1 Pro, not having to go to the Max. Um, the one thing though that we, I guess, we kind of have answered, although we really are going to have to wait until we see the Mac Pro to see the full answer of this. But, well, actually, I, th- I think we pretty much have it answered. But the GPU situation, uh, exactly. we were wondering: is a- is Apple going to make a dedicated GPU chip? Are they just going to integrate it in? And it seems like the answer is they're going to integrate it in. Um, and I think there's actually some interesting takes on that and and reasons why it makes sense. For instance, they call it. Uh, like if if you heard Robert saying what he ordered and stuff, and if you look on their website, they call it 64 gigabytes of unified memory. So what does that mean? Well, basically it's 64 gigabytes of memory for the whole system. So whereas like with a, a typical PC or a laptop before in the Intel days, you would have 16 gigabytes of RAM for your CPU. And then the GPU, which is a dedicated GPU, would have its own RAM, 16 gigabytes as well, let's say. And that's kind of how it works, right? Well, this is unified, so you have 64 gigabytes, and the CPU and GPU use it together. So theoretically, you would have at max peak performance. I mean, this probably would never happen, but you could have 64 gigabytes of RAM for just your GPU, um, which theoretically would be really fast and really have a ton of performance. Uh, And I think that's just what they're going to keep doing even when we go to the Mac Pro. It would just be a bigger chip with better throughput and better performance and that's the other thing i don't know is so there's unified memory and then there's the gpu core option so all the processors are 10 cores but then you can get 32 or 16 or even think like 64 core actually no 30 32 core oh 32 64 gig unified memory but then 32 core gpu option so what are the best options and how do you mix and match unified memory and then cpu and gpu cores there's a lot of variables here that we just don't know, but I cannot wait to see what it is. And yeah. I think that in about a month, we will know uh, without a doubt what the best bang for your buck value is. Like, okay, like Definitely. do this configuration with this much RAM or this much unified memory and these CPU and GPU cores, there's going to be like a sweet spot in there that's going to give you the best uh, performance per dollar. And that's what I'm excited for because uh, we will know that. I think in the next two weeks. I think pretty fast. Yeah. We what we need though is someone to buy every config and like do a test. I'm sure yeah. on the internet, the vast place that is the internet, someone will do that so that we can really put it apples to apples and see like what's going on. Someone's gonna do it, and then we'll know, and then we all have the benefit of it without having to spend forty thousand dollars or whatever that would cost <laughs> to get all those laptops. The well, the price um, of one Mac Pro. Yeah. So I guess you know. I guess here's a good question, Matt. Um, 
obviously, if you are someone who has been waiting for this and clamoring for this, you probably already pre-ordered one. But do you think that there is something to be said that if you are looking at this machine, but you're a little confused on specs, should you wait a bit, even if that means you're going to get the machine later, should you wait just to see how this sort of pans out in terms of performance so you can make the best, most educated decision? Because right now, I don't know about you, but even as a... I like to think of myself as a technical person. The ordering process is a little daunting because there are so many options. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely always something to be said about waiting a little bit, uh, especially for a new product, which this is. This is completely new in pretty much every single way. New hardware, new screen, new keyboard, new ports, new internals. Everything is new. So, I mean, especially like if you really are a professional and you're really wanting one of these and you're looking to switch over your entire uh, what do you say, professional life over to it, then yeah, yeah, it's probably good to wait, see how it performs. I know when I was, again, on the Twitter world here in in the sure. bubble, there I saw a, quite a few people saying like, well, they're going to make the same mistake as the 16-inch where it's going to be thermal throttled. Oh, jeez. <laughs> we got to leave that in. <laughs> leave, we got to leave that in. Yeah, we got to leave that in. Hold on, let me put this back up. This is just to block some of the sunlight. I thought I thought I was getting attacked here. Um but where was I? I forgot what I was saying. But about uh, the thermal oh, throttling. Yeah, that the 16-inch MacBook Pro had thermal throttling because it was too hot, and that they made this new MacBook Pro thinner, so it's going to have the same issues. Like, while I don't necessarily think that's going to be an issue just because of the M1 situation that we've had for a year now, that still is very much a question. It could possibly be that even though, yeah, maybe these chips are super performance or performative, uh, maybe there is some issue that just pops up that we don't even think about maybe even apple didn't think about because it's not out to the masses yet so anything that you're doing professionally definitely good to wait especially like you know we always talk about every year but like the new software mac os monterey we're probably not going to update for a good three four months at the earliest you know i had so many issues going to big sur that it took me actually i did i did eventually update but i had a lot of weird issues and that's kind of one of the concerning things for me is i wish I can't downgrade these to uh, from Monterey, but I'm a little nervous that there's going to be some incompatibility. So I guess we'll see how things sort of shake out. But I mean, MagSafe, all the ports, new design, take or leave the notch. That's a little controversial. But besides that, I think Apple made right by their uh, pro users. They made right by the community and they have fixed everything on here. I guess the one thing to mention is that, uh, yes, the touch bar is gone. So... That's just kind of... Oh, yeah. We, we forgot to mention that. So, I <laughs> yeah. mean, it's, it's gone. Um, but everything on here looks perfect. And if this is a uh, any indication of what Apple is planning to do next, then I'm really excited to see what the next refreshed Macs will be. Um, again, the notch is probably going to be there, but we're already hearing rumors about new mini LED uh, iMacs, maybe mini LED MacBook Airs. I mean, Apple is really... Um, taking their promotion technology and their chip technology, and they're really making these Macs better. And it's nice to see after some years of neglect, they're really all in and uh, really going all out to make the Mac lineup the best it can possibly be. And I think 2022 is going to be a really exciting year for the Mac. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess speaking of that, we can talk about it a little bit. But yeah, we're getting... I guess everyone was just waiting for this event to happen. And then suddenly there's a ton of new rumors about everything that's coming next. Yeah. Um, but like we, this new MacBook air, we've seen design leaks of what it possibly could look like from people like John Prosser, where it's going to have colors. It's going to have this new design. 
Um, right. Question though, do you think this MacBook Air will have ports or is it just going to be Thunderbolt like we have now? That's a great question. And I guess if we let Apple explain things themselves, they talked about connectivity in the context of, well, professionals really love having these options. So if the MacBook Air is positioned as a non-pro machine, then I could definitely see this not having ports. I could certainly see a world where Apple just leaves ports on higher-end computers like the iMac Pro, Mac Mini, um, I guess, um, well, the Mac Pro. Did I say that? I guess I could definitely see them reserving this as a pro-end feature than not having it on the MacBook Air. But if the only Apple laptops these days are the MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro, then it would also just make sense for convenience sake and I guess for simplicity's sake just to put the ports on there as well. So I don't know. That's a really good question. Apple seemed to frame it in the context of pros need the ports and regular people, regular people don't. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. What do you think? You know, I could actually make the argument that regular people need the ports more because I know how to get a dock. I have them already. Like, it's yeah. annoying. But I have all the dongles and everything. But my mom, who just wants to plug in her thumb drive, you know, it would actually be beneficial for her to have it because I can get around it really easily. But that's that's a I don't think that's a the best argument. I yeah I think it's gonna have MagSafe, so that alone is yep. a big upgrade. So you will have MagSafe plus the additional ports, so it's like you're almost gaining a port. That's what I think is gonna happen. I do think we're gonna see the notch. It seems like it's gonna be one of those unifying things across the laptop line, um, and I'm excited to see colors. And I think it's gonna kind of follow. I think it's going to be a mixture between the iMacs and the the MacBook Pros. So we're going to get like keyboard and stuff like that, but we're also going to see colors. Um, what was the other one? So we didn't see the Mac Mini, though. The, I yeah. think there's still a question there of whether or not they're going to position the new Mac Mini, whatever, whenever that comes out, as a Pro device or as a home device. And I'm hoping they do maybe both, like maybe have two Me different too. versions of it. I mean, I think wouldn't it just be easy just to do that redesign and then just have an option for an M1 Pro or an M1 Max? I mean, that just seems to make sense. I guess there'd be some thermal issues there, but hopefully they can work around that. But that just seems like a no-brainer. Just slot that into the next event. It could just be like a mention for like two minutes. Like, hey, by the way, there's a new Mac Mini, and you can option it for with an M1, M1 Pro, or Space M1 Grand. Max. Yeah, that just makes a lot of sense. Um and then the other computers we're expecting next year would be obviously the Mac Pro, but that probably will be at the end of the year, probably at late 2022. And then there are still these rumors about a higher-end iMac Pro. And I think the latest rumors I saw as of this morning were there might be a 27-inch iMac with a mini-LED display and ProMotion. That would be, yep. I guess, the next iMac Pro that would be in the right. works, and that would be really cool. Yeah, so there was some rumors initially that this was a external display that Apple was working on, and then there was kind of some going back on that saying, actually, this is the display going into the new iMac. Either way, though, that sounds awesome. I, I want that. I'd probably, if I was looking for a desktop, that's probably exactly what I would buy if they made it. Um, and if they had the M1 Max option in there, uh, then I'm all for that. The question is, though, I mean, we would probably expect that to come out after the MacBook Air, so that's supposed to have the M2. So would it be the M2 Max? I don't know. Well, see, that's what I, I don't, I don't know. This is going to be a really interesting thing to see, sort of follow. So I'm assuming that in the spring, there's going to be another spring loaded, and we will get a new MacBook Air with a redesign with the M2. That would make sense, but the M2 again is just a more entry level 
consumer level chip that is still powerful, but is not a pro or a max. I could also see them though at that event giving us a new Mac Mini that also has the maybe I don't know maybe it has an M2 but also you could option it with an M1 Pro or Max and then when do we see this iMac? I guess it's how um, optional or how willing is Apple going to be to sort of mix and match pro computers and non-pro computers? Uh, I'm not sure how this is going to lay out, but I'm assuming that we will see a new iMac Pro, a MacBook Air. And then I'm assuming at some point they're going to just basically give us an iMac that has the same design but with an M2 chip inside. So a lot of yeah, good maybe. questions on how Apple's going to do this. Definitely new computers, uh, yeah. but how? I don't know. Yeah, here's here's my guess, preliminary guess, is spring-loaded sometime in March, we're going to get a new MacBook Air, a Mac Mini Home Edition, which mm -hmm. here's my prediction. It's going to have colors. It's going to be a little box, small. Not quite as small as the Apple TV, but in between the Apple TV and the Mac Mini we have now, it's going to be portless. Or no, sorry, not port, not portless. Fanless um, so that it can get really small. And that, it's not going to come with a pro version. That's just my guess. Uh, that's where we're going to see at this spring-loaded along with maybe like an iPad update or something, something unrelated to the Macs. And then at WWDC, we're going to see an iMac Pro and a Mac Pro sneak peek. Maybe the iMac Pro comes out a month later. Maybe it doesn't. But the Mac Pro doesn't come out to December. That's my guess. That's my preliminary yeah. guess. So do you think no Mac Mini Pro at all? Not in the cards? Yeah, I don't think so. Especially when you look at what the Mac Mini started as. It was very much a affordable computer that anyone could buy to get into the Mac especially in the desktop realm. And I think that might be what they're going back to. And the reason I think that is because the rumors of the colors, I don't think they'd be doing colors for a pro machine. I mean, that makes sense. And again, like you said, the Mac mini has never been positioned as a higher end computer. There were some higher end options and like some server variants, but it's never really been sort of a I pro see, end yeah. machine. So, I could see there being an M1 pro option, but it, yeah, that's that not the sense. point of the computer. Yeah. Right. So that's going to be interesting to see. And then I guess the other question is, will the notch continue to make its way on the MacBook Air? And could we see a notch on the iMac or oh. where do you, where, where does the notch go next? Uh, I think we're going to see it on the MacBook Air. I think it's very much a laptop thing because they want the thin bezels. Um, mm -hmm. Considering we didn't see it on the iMac, the M1 iMac that we just got, the 24 inch, I don't think we're going to see it on iMacs. Uh, I don't think we're going to see it on Pro Display XDR or whatever. Like, I think this is very much a laptop thing because they want to maximize the screen real estate for the form factor, whereas on an iMac, that's not much of a big deal. So is your computer coming? So these computers start shipping next week. Will you get yours next week? Yeah, mine's supposed to get here on Tuesday, which is okay. the earliest I saw anyone getting it. So next week's episode, we will have your first impressions of the computer. I'm dying to hear what you think about it, and uh, we'll have to hear about um, some Final Cut uh, tests yeah. and stuff like that. So we'll have all that next week. Um, I mean, excited for these MacBook Pros, AirPods 3. I think this was a very worthwhile event that definitely lived up to the hype and certainly met, if not exceeded, expectations. And... Any final thoughts, or are we just uh, have we just praised no. Apple for the last hour and uh, exactly. given them the credit they have deserved? No, I think they deserve the credit this time because Apple very rarely, I mean, there's like three times maybe you can think of where they've gone back and basically admitted they were wrong. This is one of those times, and they did it in the best way possible by just like doing everything we wanted. So I think they deserve the praise there because they easily could not, they didn't have to do that, but they did. So I'm excited to try these out. Man, 
it's like uh, we're gonna have a little bit of a lull after this like we got all the new apple products finally and now we can kind of just use them enjoy them and get ready for that holiday season yeah we're gonna enjoy the holidays uh kind of uh, ease out of apple news and then come january we'll be right back in iphone 14 stuff once once those rumors (laughs) kick back in as always guys what are your thoughts on uh sort of the new macbook pros did you order one what'd you go with are you gonna pick up airpods 3 are you a fan of the siri Apple Music Voice Plan. Let us know by uh, tweeting at us on the Apple Circle Twitter. Uh, you can leave a comment on this YouTube video if you're watching the video version. Uh, and also, we do have a video version of this podcast. Link to that in the description of this podcast. And also, of course, you can text us or call us 949-354-3508. That is our Apple Circle hotline number. As always, thank you guys so much for listening, watching. Also, if you could give us a review on the Apple Podcast app, that would certainly help oh, us yeah, a lot. I forgot Apple, about that. <laughs> Apple likes to push reviews, and um, we certainly could use some updated ones. We appreciate all those, like Brad, who have uh, written reviews in the past. Thank you, Brad, for listening and your continued support. But if you guys could give us a review, that would certainly help us a lot. And that would let us know who's really listening to the very end and didn't That's just uh, stick around in the beginning. So, true fans. Review, that'd be. That'd be very, very helpful. And uh, yeah, as always, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you right back here, same time next week, for another episode of the Apple Circle Podcast.